Welcome to episode two of the Weekly Hustle. We're going to be covering a few things like nootropics, the ultimate home office setup, and diving into why is Joe Rogan so popular. Stay tuned, guys. Hey, what's going on? I'm so glad to be shooting episode two of the Weekly Hustle. At first, I thought I was going to get really slow momentum, but I'm excited to be able to launch this on iTunes, on Google Podcasts as well. If you guys are new to the Weekly Hustle, the Weekly Hustle is this weekly show that I produce where I cover really three things. One, I want to share cool people, processes, tools, ideas for entrepreneurial hustlers who want to be great and want to be in the know for all the cool, cool things that are out there. Second thing, I want to give an in real life how-to tutorial to document the process of my long-term game of hitting $10 million. It is not, no, it's not for me to be this rich bastard, right? I want to come from a place of abundance so I can give more to the world and just amplify the goodness in the world, man. Third thing, I really want this to be a community and attract the next generation of great people to work on great products to impact real problems. I look at people like Brian Rose and some other people as well, and it, it amazes me how much impact they have on the world. So I want to be one of those people too. This series is where I share five cool things to help you focus, get more done, document the long-term game of not only being good, but great. So this week, I'm going to be sharing five different things. First thing I'm going to be sharing is what nootropics or AKA smart drugs I'm experimenting with. Second thing is what am I doing to stay fit in quarantine? I've actually been losing weight, surprisingly. Third thing is what article am I reading? Fourth thing is what I'm struggling with week and I get into kind of the YouTube copyright takedown that I had this week. Fourth, uh, the fifth thing is what my ultimate home office setup looks like. Normally I do ask Kevin Yee, but honestly didn't get any major questions that were really interesting in my email box this week. So I'm waiting for your questions. If you guys got any questions, shoot them down below in the comments. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and subscribe to this podcast if you're listening to this audio wise feel free to reach reach me via email through refugeehustle.com and if you want to share this video version with your friends go to kevinyee.tv that's a short link i got for y'all before we begin how's quarantine life going for y'all for myself i kind of miss hanging out with my friends in person i miss going to things like jujitsu the gym yoga and by nature, I'm actually an extrovert and I usually thrive off the energy of people. So it's been kind of weird for me personally, but if there's one benefit about quarantine. It's really been helping me isolation, being isolated from everyone. It's really been helping me stay a lot more productive and be a lot more focused compared to before, because guess what? It's almost like jail. It reminds me of the boron letters. If you guys are into copywriting, Gary Halbert's boron letters when he's writing letters in jail. That's what it feels like to me right now. And so some there's three cool things that happened in quarantine. First of all, finished 95% of my kick-ass investing 2.0 masterclass. I don't know if that's going to be official name, but essentially I'm rebuilding my uh, masterclass to help people start investing on Kartra, by the way. So there's that. I started my podcast account on Apple, Google, Stitcher, and all these podcasting platforms. So really cool thing. I, I just shoot a video, upload it, and it rips everything, puts onto Apple, uh, pod, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. And the third thing in isolation was that 
I've actually been writing. I wrote out my whole YouTube marketing strategy, my content marketing strategy based off the Gary V model and look at what people like Joe Rogan are doing, which is someone who I will be talking about today. And while this has been really insightful for me in terms of focus and self-awareness, I also kind of took a little extra time to step back to cut out projects. I talked about a little bit on episode one, but really to take out free, free, uh, free up my weekends from work and really scheduling in free time to kind of letting me go back into my interests, the things that used to make me happy. Some of the things that I'm working on or I wrote down that I want to learn is one, I want to start listening and catching up on hip hop. Two, I want to create hip hop beats in Logic X. Just bought the creative uh, package in the Apple um, store as well. Third thing, I want to brush up on my Cantonese. Fun fact, if you guys don't know, Cantonese, not knowing Cantonese is actually one of my biggest insecurities. It's been a long insecurity for me. Even when I went to Hong Kong, my Cantonese wasn't that great, but it was starting to get better. But since that time, I've actually lost all of it. So want to get better at that. I also wanted to learn how to color grade in Final Cut Pro. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, this will be the first weekly hustle episode that is going to be color graded. Third thing, I want to get into the hip hop dancing and shit <laughs> on YouTube. So um, these are all things I've wanted to do for a while, but I came to the realization being in isolation, I just realized I just need to commit the time to do these things. And I'm not just going to wake up one day. It's not like the scene from the matrix where you're just like, I know Kung Fu, right? <laughs> like you have to focus on integrating this into your life. And for myself, I'm going to focus on one thing at a time rather than half-ass everything. Anyways, with that being said, let's jump into the freaking content, guys. So what am I experimenting with? Recently, I've been going back into the world of nootropics. If you guys don't know what nootropics are, they're drugs, supplements, other substances that can improve your cognitive function, and they help with things like memory, creativity, motivation, and healthy individuals. So that's the Wikipedia definition. And by the way, I'm not recommending you guys to go into nootropics, but I wanted to kind of share my experiment uh, experience with them. I'll also break down the exact stack I'm taking with the dosages that I'm playing around with because some of the doses were a little bit higher on the forums, and I adjusted it based off of my knowledge through through pharmacy. So if you want to know those exact numbers, what I'm doing, keep on watching this video. This is actually my second or third day of um, taking them. The reason why I kind of dove into them was that I was running through really, really intense focus sessions during the day. And typically this is how my day is broke down. In the morning, typically I'm creating a lot of content. I'm using a lot of my creative brain for kick-ass investing and this uh, show that I actually write out. I write out a whole email segment too. So if you go to refugeehustle.com uh, slash join, you can, guys can get a, um, a text version of this as well with all the links of everything that I mentioned. And usually the later half of my afternoon is based off fulfillment for my high ticket sales client. Yes, I still do high ticket sales. Pretty fun stuff, guys, and have gotten pretty good at it. I would say I'm not black belt level by far. I'm not an expert, but I can be dangerous sometimes. I essentially have my blue belt if you guys do jujitsu at all. Anyways, throughout the day, uh, I'm going through a lot of different caf. I'm going through lots of caffeine. I'm going through yoga poses. I meditate a lot. I work out and I fast just to keep my energy up. And sometimes I have really long, long days. Like I'll wake up at 6 a.m., work all the way till 
10 a.m take an hour break then go back to work and then at two o'clock that's when i usually start my calls do them all to eight and then go back to sleep that is pretty much my schedule so you can imagine how long that can be it can be eight to 20 hours long sometimes well not 20 i'm exaggerating but it can be a freaking long time and so the last time i really had really intensive days like this was actually back in pharmacy school i can't remember who got oh yeah it was my old personal trainer back in the day my old powerlifting trainer he was the one that kind of got me into the world of nootropics and kind of introduced things like the racetams and also natural ones too like ashwagandha and all that as well so the last time I've ever really used them was back in pharmacy school when I needed to study a lot more. Recently, I've been actually experimenting with adaptogens, things like I mentioned, ashwagandha, uh, rhodiola, Korean ginseng. And I just needed something to get me over this product launch, right? It's only temporary and I need to stay focused a lot of time and keep my energy up. So that's when I decided recently, man, I need something to help me keep me a lot more focused. And that's where nootropics actually come into play. Um, like I said, if you don't know what nootropic are, nootropics are, Wikipedia defines nootropics as uh, drugs, supplements, and other substances that may improve cognitive function, uh, particularly executive functions and memory, creativity, motivation, things like that. If you go to Reddit forums, people will call them like smart drugs. And like I said, there's a whole Reddit forum. Uh, actually, I found out about the whole nootropic world before the whole reddit scene blew up so i'm I, I guess i'm kind of an og right and i remember buying this huge tub of paracetam back in the day so even when i started using them in pharmacy school and undergrad um they worked really really well they helped me stay really focused especially when i was on academic warning if you guys don't know i was actually ac on academic war warning once in pharmacy school and once during my undergrad during my bachelor's because i was just dicking off um and at the time too when I was taking these things, my diet, my sleep, my fitness weren't even optimized. I wasn't regularly working out. My sleep would be all messed up. I used to fall asleep during class. I was really a really bad student. And then, so I'm kind of curious to see how the stack stacks up five years later when I'm in the position to prioritize my health and I have more control over my schedule. Like these days, I wake up pretty early. I go sleep on time. I prioritize fitness and all that as well. So I'm just really kind of curious about the effects of these nootropics at least five years later as well. If you're curious about the Zach stack I'm actually taking, I'm experimenting with the PAN stack or P-A-N. I made some adjustments to the recommended dosages that I found on the forums. Being a pharmacist and stuff, you know, these are, keep in mind, a lot of these are supplements. They're not proven to work or anything like that. Everything is anecdotal, but for myself, knowing kind of the basics of pharmacotherapeutics, we're always trying to figure out that minimum effective dose. So I always like to start very low and then ramp up from there. In this stack, I'm taking Pramiracetam, so 500 milligrams per, the, uh, per day in the morning, Aniracetam, uh, 750 milligrams in the morning as well. Some people redose with Aniracetam because it has a short half-life, but honestly, uh, I haven't, I, I'm like I said, I'm trying to stick with the lowest dose. Uh, no pep, uh, which is 10 milligrams of that. So one capsule of that. And I also take a alpha G GPC, which is a choline as well, because the theory is if you get headaches on some of these racetams, they're using up all your choline resources as well. So it's important. They say that it's important to, um, 
to dose with choline as well. If you want to learn about them, I'll leave some links below. So that is the current stack I'm on. Recently, it's, I mean, it's only been two days. They say that it takes at least one week for you to see the results, even within these last few days, especially on my sales calls. I just feel so much more relaxed. Sometimes on my sales calls, I would get so nervous and I don't know why I've been doing it for a long time. It's just like performance anxiety. I still get the jitter sometimes before things like jujitsu as well. And so it's been helping me with that. It's been helping me recall certain words and everything starts flowing a lot more smoothly. But keep in mind, there's only day two. Maybe I'll give you guys an update. But yeah, literally I spent 200 bucks on them. Let's see how they go. I'll give you an update. If you guys are taking any nootropics, let me know in the comments to see if you guys have heard of any of these. Great. So what am I doing to stay fit in quarantine? I'm not going to lie. It's been really, really, really hard to stay fit in quarantine. Some of the things that I have uh, right now is like a treadmill and stuff like that. But still, I'm trying to preserve a lot of my strength that, you know, I, I would get during powerlifting and stuff, you know? And so the last time I went to the gym, yoga studio, jujitsu gym was about a month ago, probably around the time of my birthday. And it honestly, it looks like we're not going back anytime soon. In today's video, I'm going to tell you about some of the equipment I've been using to try to stay fit and some of the workouts I've been doing as well. And just FYI, since the start of the quarantine, I've been experimenting with a few things. Uh, on week, on episode one, I mentioned that I'm implementing 48 hour fast with this app called Zero. Really great fasting app, by the way. While I've been doing home yoga sessions and walking on the treadmill, I think that's great, a great start. Definitely is not the same. And I definitely need to keep my strength gains. While this these won't really replace your powerlifting gym or routine, is better than nothing. So here's three things that I invested in to protect the gains, baby. The first thing I invested in were pull-up straps. These are really, really great. I actually first saw them on Mike Chang's. You remember that six-pack shortcut guy with the special red drink? Well, he actually started a new channel uh, based off of a flow type of routine. Anyways, in his flow, he was actually doing a pull-up routine on the door. But one thing, if you do pull-ups on the door, by the way, you can spring the hinges. That's not good. And especially if you're renting or anything like that, that's going to come out of your safety deposit. And no one wants to kind of repair their door because of that. It's totally preventable too. And back in high school, I used to have those pull-up bars that went through the door and um, I would do pull-ups there. But the problem with it, if you have a wooden frame or anything, it'll chip off the paint, even if you put a towel and it puts a lot of pressure on the frame as well and it eventually rips out or breaks. It's happened a few times with me. Plus they're really, really bulky and they're not, you can't travel with them as well. So here comes the solution, like I said, pull-up straps, right? Pull-up straps are really great. You hook them over the door and then you can just lit you close the door and then you can do your pull-ups from there. I'll do like 100 pull-ups. Um, not all at once. That's a lot. That's a lot. But I'll, I'll, I'll do enough pull-ups where I'll eventually get to 100 reps. And it's really great. And I can do that without springing the hinges. And plus, what I can do, if I ever travel and I'm, I don't have access to gym, I can just throw these in my bag. And it's really easy. So there's no excuses not to do my 100 pull-ups. And I also use it to hang and decompress my back too. Really helpful for things like jujitsu. But since I'm not doing jujitsu right now because we're in quarantine, 
um that's not a solution right now now the second thing that i actually invested in is called a t-handle kettlebell i actually first learned about this in tim ferris's uh 40 ba uh four hour body book and it's a great alternative to a real kettlebell the best part about a t-handle kettlebell is that you can actually adjust the weights you know how regular kettlebells are just one weight well this type of kettlebell is really really customizable so this is what it looks like it looks like almost like a t type of thing you actually uh you unscrew this and then you can put your weights on the bottom i usually put about 50 to 75 pounds by the way depending what kind of plates you have if you have standard plates so those ones where they have the screw on caps at the end the usually the cheaper end uh you'll need a half inch pi pipe diameter if they're olympic plates you can go a little thicker you can uh get three fourth in uh inch diameter at least some specifications below as well or in the show notes just a few pieces of pipe so you got your they call these pipe nipples so i have uh five five inch pipe nipples this is perfect i had six ones before but i had to add six inch inches before but I had to return them because if they're too long, then they'll brush against your legs and you can't do your kettlebell swings. Uh, I also do rows with these too, and you can do um, you can do curls with them as well. And so I got these end caps. These are totally optional. I've seen people duct tape it, but I thought it was a lot cleaner if I could just uh, put some caps. And then I have like the T, uh, I don't know what it's called, the T, T fitting, right? And then you have a longer pipe. This is about 12 inches. Uh, if you're really short, then you can get like an eight inch one. And then obviously you have a, um, a floor flange flange. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's what you have. And then you screw it together and then you can swing. Now one caution too, and you can also get like a clamp too, to kind of clamp everything. They all have them at, you can find everything that I mentioned at home Depot or your Lowe's or whatever hardware store that you have as well. Um, one important thing though, like if you're using this please don't go like this, like all the way above because it's not that sturdy. It's really good. I wouldn't go more than hip, hip, uh, hip high for this, uh, because the weights can slide and you can injure yourself that way. So really great stuff. And like I said, it's super customizable. It'll run you. It's more than 10 bucks. I mean, Tim Ferriss and other people say it's 10 bucks, but especially like right now, it probably ran me about 20 bucks, but it's really great. I'm going to use it for just general conditioning, especially for jujitsu in the future as well. Now, the third thing is really, really important, um, especially being indoors all the time. I noticed that I'm getting a lot, like feeling a lot tighter. My left glute was always like, I've been having to go to Cairo a lot more to release it, but I've been having some hip, hip issues and back issues, especially with my glute. And I don't know if it's the lack of yoga or activity, but I had really, really tight muscles to the point where I was pinching my nerves and it was killing, killing me, dude. I could feel it pinching on the nerve and shoot down, especially if my legs are straight. It would be so bad I couldn't even do my yoga sessions. And since right now my Thai uh, massage place and acu acupuncturist is actually closed due to COVID, I have actually had to start treating myself. So it's been, so that's where this thing called the back buddy has really been helpful because it's been releasing my muscles. I can release my glute, my hamstrings. I also got some gua sha type of things, but this has been a godsend. Um, I've also been releasing my psoas too. Uh, so if you don't know, like the psoas muscle is what David Goggins was talking about. 
Um, if you guys are interested, I can show some exercises to release the psoas or reference some things. But that's been helping me sleep like a baby every single night. So I recommend these three things. So let me ask you guys, what kind of equipment have you purchased during quarantine? And how are you staying fit? I love to kind of hear, like I said, I've been doing a lot of 100 rep type of things. I have bands where I'll like do a bench press type of thing uh, and tricep extensions. I'll do rows, I'll do swings. But what are some things that you guys are doing to stay fit in quarantine? Love to kind of hear from yourself. So what article am I reading? So recently I actually read this article named why is Joe Rogan so popular? If you guys don't know, Joe Rogan is one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, I actually almost, I watch almost every single one of his episodes and it's pretty funny. I share a lot of the same beliefs and opinions as Joe Rogan as well. It's funny in my circle of friends, people call me Asian Joe Rogan because I'm just so curious about everything. And I have, random knowledge about different subjects too and i know i'm not alone when it comes to being a i wouldn't say fan but a viewer of the joe rogan show it's pretty interesting if you ask if you talk to other joe rogan fans or people other people who listen to joe rogan it spans across everything i met a really small asian girl that listens to joe rogan uh computer nerds jujitsu addicts so it had me curious, Joe Rogan spans across so many different types of people. What makes Joe Rogan so popular? Have you guys ever asked yourself this? If you guys have opinions on this or you have some thoughts about this, leave them in the comments below. But it was very interesting. Tim Ferriss actually sent this article out during his Five Bullet Friday, which is what this show is kind of based off of. While I don't necessarily agree with all the author's thoughts, there were some interesting points that were brought up about why people follow Joe Rogan. And as a marketer myself, I'm always hooked to see the human psychology behind why do people follow Joe Rogan? So here are my three takeaways from the article. Some of it was inspired by the article, but some of them I expanded my thoughts on it and some and some of my things that why I think Joe Rogan's so popular to begin with. Here are my three major takeaways. First thing, Joe Rogan really speaks the thoughts and asks the questions that we're all thinking. If you guys don't know, the JRE or Joe Rogan experience is known for being unfiltered and his realness and honesty on the show. Um, Joe Rogan's really good at getting others people, uh, getting others to open up as well. For example, I mean, how else would you get the whole Elon Musk like bit where he's like smoking weed and opening up about his inner life and all that? Just really, really interesting. But how does Joe Rogan do it? Well, rather than a typical interview that you see on TV where it feels like sometimes an interrogation or inquisition, he opens them up through just real conversation. And how does he do that? Oh, he's just naturally curious. He doesn't judge people for their opinions. It feels like they people can, even if there's opposing thoughts, we can just talk about it. And I think that's something that's really missing this day and age in 2020. Um, by expressing thoughts and asking the questions that we're all thinking, it opens up new conversations that feel like a breath of air. And I think that's the magic behind JRE. Number two, the second reason why I think Joe Rogan is so popular is because he actually follows the Gary V content model to the T. Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with the Gary V content model strategy, my friend Rich and Niche, he covers it. He covers it uh, and does a really great breakdown of Gary V's content model of distribution and how to shoot your content as well. 
So if you guys are unfamiliar with JRE, which I mean, otherwise you've been sleeping under a rock, but typically he'll release two to four hour episode twice to four times a week with topics and guests of his choice. And then a lot of his guests tend to be comedians, fighters, thinkers, and he just documents his conversations with them and talks about the things he's, he loves, the things he's curious about, and asks things about he wants to learn about. So he essentially brings an expert in and you're learning with him, which is great. So if you follow Gary V, you know that Gary V is the type of person who's really big on document, document, document. Don't don't create a document. And when you listen to Joe Rogan, you get to learn with Joe Rogan when he brings in uh, experts like Neil deGrasse Tyson. We learn so much about the universe, space, physics. It's just really, really interesting as well. Um, because of this, since Joe Rogan has such a wide diverse amount of interests as well, right? It's very rare to find a person who doesn't relate to at least one of his guests or experts that he brings in. And because of this, his channel is often the gateway of into alternative thoughts to help people live better, uh, live happier, right? And become more productive, productive in their lives as well. And he also has another channel called JRE Eclipse where it breaks down kind of the long form as well. And then he distributes that content out for people who are strapped on time. And then automatically it will recommend the longer video as well. So from a marketing uh, perspective, Joe Rogan actually follows that Gary V model to the T, which is really great. Now, the third thing that I kind of took away from the Joe Rogan uh, experience was that he is not based around a niche. Everything is aligned around Joe Rogan himself. Which is really interesting because when you talk to most marketers for any sort of personal brand and whatnot, what is the first advice that they tell you? Oh, find a niche, right? But I think the magic of the Joe Rogan show is that, you know, the whole show isn't surrounded by one topic or niche, but it's really around uh, aligned documenting Joe and his experience with his guests, right? And that, in a sense, is a fresher breath air and it gives a more humanistic side to video content, which is honestly lacking on this YouTube platform. You notice you watch most of the YouTube content out there and it's all the same crap over and over and over again. All the production value looks the same. Everything's pretty much blurring, blurring together, but it's so rare that you have a unique long form type of content where it gets to show someone's personality as well, right? Because he's just like a human documented experiences, talking about things he loves, um, he shares his interests with his audiences. And since he has a wide variety of interests, he has a wide variety of audiences out there. What I love most about Joe Rogan though, is that he represents the long-term game of mastery and the human optimization experience as well. It's never about the end goal, but it's really the process and experience of hustling. And to realize that trying is the whole point, not the end goal. And I think a lot of people can get behind that as well. And seeing him being the representation for that is really admirable. And that's why so many people watch Joe himself. All right. What am I struggling with this week? Wow. So this week I was actually debating whether I wanted to talk about it on this channel, but actually got my first uh, copyright takedown. And for anyone who has started a YouTube channel, chances are that at some point 
you're going to have to deal with some sort of copyright takedown or copyright claim, no matter how careful you try to be. You know, it really caused a lot of stress and emotional, like, I was frustration, I guess. But uh, I was actually able to get the claim or takedown retracted, right? Not going to lie, it was like a huge headache going through the whole process, but I learned a lot. And I kind of wanted to share three things that I learned with sort of a template of how to send a retraction email to get that strike removed from your YouTube channel. And by the way, if you guys are going through a copyright takedown, let me know your experience of going through that and how you guys have gone about trying to get your claim retracted. Would love to kind of hear your experiences. All right. The first thing I learned was that YouTube actually has a support chat for partners. I never knew about this. If there's one thing that you guys got to know about YouTube and being a YouTuber, there isn't a really great platform to actually talk to YouTube. There's no way that I can, I don't personally, for me, I'm a very small channel. There's no contact where I can just be like, yo, YouTube, I'm having this problem. Um, they kind of just send you for a longest time. They was just send you a, an email. And then if you weren't big enough, then tough shit, you're out of luck. Right. But I actually, after doing some diving and doing some YouTube searches, I learned that actually YouTube has a support chat for its partners. And this isn't available to everyone, but if you, I think if you hit certain requirements, then it will let you know whether you qualify for this. Uh, I'll be honest. It wasn't the support channel. Wasn't that helpful in terms of resolving my situation, but at least it was there. And I think, uh, in the past, like I said, YouTube is known for its lack of communication with its creators and its partners. But while it's not picking up the phone and speaking to a human, at least YouTube is making the right steps in the right direction. And there's actually open dialogue. They pretty much, I told them about what was happening. They're like, man, that's some serious stuff. Here's some emails, here's some articles, which I already knew about. So to be honest, it wasn't helpful, but knowing the fact that YouTube is actually taking those next steps to encourage better communication and transparency is the right step. And that's a good thing. Second thing. I actually learned how to send a retraction email request. Honestly, like I said before, this was my first time having to deal with something like a copyright takedown. While you can immediately send a submit counter notification officially with YouTube requests, right? It actually binds you legally. And technically, if you send that, then you can go to court as well, right? And so if there's one thing I've learned through closing, sales, business, it's all about communication, right? Um, and you need to be able to put your, put yourself in the perspective of the other person, other party, whether you believe you're guilty or not. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's also important to keep in mind that you aren't guilty just because someone says so, but the primary focus, if you open up this dialogue with the other party is just to encourage dialogue and just really to handle it outside the YouTube system. Uh, you could get a you could get a uh, lawyer and all that. I didn't do that, um, but I consulted some of my legal friends. But the truth is, YouTube should not be the judge, jury, and executioner. I think the best way to handle it is just off the platform. And I think what when you're when you're contacting these people, it's really important to stay positive and not be a freaking asshole too. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Like, I get it. It's frustrating dealing with, with uh, something like a copyright uh, takedown or something like that. But being abrasive, being an asshole is not going to help the situation either. Actually, 
it would probably escalate the situation if I handle it in a bad way. So I actually wanted to kind of go over my template. I'll leave in the show notes as well. So you guys can take a look at it. But um, basically my headline was copyright takedown retraction requests. Good morning, blah, blah, blah. Side note, YouTube will give you a contact, uh, direct contact at the, uh, for the person who initiated that takedown as well. But basically it was like, good morning. My name is Kevin Yi. I'm the owner of my personal channel. I linked it and refugee hustle. First of all, I'm a raving fan of product, whatever, uh, whatever they have with that being said. And that was true, by the way, in my case, with that being said, this morning, I received a copyright strike on my video from YouTube and it's affected my monetization status with YouTube. The original intent of the video was for educational purposes under fair use to promote XYZ product and to any other reasons that you have. Anyways, I will love for you to consider retracting the takedown. If you believe that there is copyrighted material, no problem. We can talk about taking down the video from my end or editing the video. Either way, I'd love to resolve this outside of the YouTube copyright claim system because I believe we can find a win-win situation just through communication. Please let me know if you're open to retracting the copyright strike. If you have any questions, you can reply to this email or contact me directly at phone number. Have a great day, Kevin Yee. That was my email. Is it the best? I don't know. It probably is not the best. Um, this was actually before I saw any lawyer, like any other YouTube channels. Like um, one really great YouTube channel was uh, Ian Corzine's channel and a few gamer channels because apparently this happens a lot in the gaming world. But uh, I saw all these videos after. But that was my template. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Okay. Um, but like I said, try, I try to be positive. I try to, I, I was literally a raving fan and I wanted a positive outcome for everyone. I wanted to understand their situation. Right. And so we got that handled and that's why I'm getting my, um, I'm getting that copyright strike off my account, which is great. The third thing I realized from this whole experience is that it's so important to build your funnel or your brand off this, off this platform as well. Even though I got the I got the retraction or uh, for my copyright strike, definitely opened my eyes about how reliant I am on the whole YouTube platform. It made me honestly think about kind of getting off or expanding outward. Um, it recently ha actually happened to Brian Rose from London Real, but the truth is that it's a really scary thought knowing that you can be taken out with the platform with three strikes and still have no direct human communication from YouTube. Like I said. YouTube has, even though YouTube have, has taken steps to have better communication, it's still not great. And you can still get your account terminated without really speaking to anyone, which I believe is kind of unfair as well. While I still love YouTube, YouTube is definitely one of my favorite platforms. I love YouTube. I'm actually really considering expanding onto other platforms and really double downing on things like my website. Uh, I also might consider live streaming on Twitch. And I've opened up podcast accounts on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. And of course, refugeehustle.com, baby. So if you go refugeehustle.com slash join, you guys can follow me just in case I ever get taken down. But on a serious note, sh shameless plug over, but on a serious note, it really taught me it's important to diversify off this platform as well. So that is that is what i was struggling with this week if you guys are going through some sort of copyright claim or copyright takedown as well feel free to leave a comment in the uh leave a comment about your experience 
maybe if you need help, feel free to reach out to me at subscribers at refugeehustle.com. Uh, and we'll, I'll do my best to help you guys. All right. The last thing I'm covering today is what my ultimate home office setup looks like. I get it all the time. Hey, Kevin, are you walking on a treadmill? At this moment, I'm not. Actually, I could turn it on. But I get asked all the time, hey, Kevin, are you walking on a treadmill? And the truth is, normally I am. I got to stop this. This is distracting. Um, and so one of the biggest questions I usually typically get uh, from my friends and other people is, what's your office setup look like? And this week, I actually wrote a full article about what my home office setup looks like with all the different things. There's obviously affiliate links in there if you want to support my channel. If you like any of the gear, would appreciate it. But check that out. But basically, uh, here's all the things that I do within my home office, especially during quarantine. First thing, uh, I shoot YouTube videos. I write articles. I make calls for my high-ticket sales clients. Uh, I host Zoom, Zoom meetings as well. I build out websites, funnels, especially for kick-ass investing at the moment. And, of course, I watch Jersey Shore <laughs> while on my treadmill. And, yes, I really do watch Jersey Shore, guys. Um, but... If you want the spark notes of what makes this actual desk, I actually, one, have my uh, foldable treadmill. Um, so it actually folds over and I can tuck it under. There's no bars. Very convenient, by the way. Um, in the past, I've actually avoided the traditional treadmills because of the space requirement. And while you can't run on it, I don't really run. I like walking. Um, it really helps with my energy, especially like when I'm on sales calls, editing my videos or planning for my day, it's just a great way to burn some calories. Like for example, uh, the other day I burned like 30,000, I did 30,000 steps and while editing videos and taking a few sales calls. And the key, the real key is just go at a slow pace when you're on like a treadmill like that. And so, uh, it was the easiest 1500 calories I ever burned. Now, do I do that every day? Not so much just because you do get tired, especially after our first day. But if you do something like 10,000, totally, totally doable, especially in the morning while you're reading. So I don't have to go to a gym. I can just do it right here. And it's great. I'm loving it. So the second thing is actually the desk part. I actually have this glass L-shaped desk that I bought um, back when I lived in the YouTube house. It's a really nice desk. It's all black. It's a sleek desk. And I bought this before the standing desk hype. There's has been a lot of good standing desks. Like I saw one at Costco that I really, really liked. I didn't want this perfectly good desk to go in a freaking landfill. It's really, first of all, this desk is really great, especially if you're sitting down. Uh, it's easy to disassemble, transport. And it's it was really cheap. I bought it for like 100 plus bucks. I think it's 120, 130 at the moment. But you got to love the L-shaped desk, too. It gives off the vibe. Hey, step into my office for a second. I love that, right? And so I had this desk going forward. And so what I wanted to do was, like, I want an option to adjust the desk. It can move it up and down. And so that's where the Flexus Spot desk riser comes into play. I actually bought the highest-end one, the biggest one, because uh, you want... In, in this case, bigger is better. You have a lot more working space. You can mount a lot of things. I literally have my camera mounted here. Um, I have one of my cameras mounted here. I have my monitor mounted here. I have my laptops on my desk and stuff. I have pictures on my website. So, but it's really, really great. And I would highly suggest that you don't skip on work, skimp on working space because once you get this in, this is really heavy. You're not going to want to ship it back or return it. 
it's really great because it supports so many different things. My, my microphone right now is even connected to the desk as well. It's pretty expensive, but in my opinion, it's well worth it. If you do most of your work here, it's really just good for your posture and stuff as well. And so I think it's well worth it. I also wanted to not go with the electric design because eventually the motor dies out. But this, uh, all I got to do is just press on the handle and it can go up and down and all that as well. Um, if you guys want to know more about the video, the audio, and even the air filter and cleaning supply, uh, cleaning tools that I use for my home office, uh, make sure to check my uh, article at Refugee Hustle and I'll leave the link below. I'm kind of curious, what are some essentials to your desk? Please let me know as well. And that is pretty much it for this week for episode two of the, the weekly hustle. If you guys want to shoot me a question, make sure you use my question box at refugeehustle.com. I have a got questions field so you can ask your questions there. Uh, or feel free to shoot me updates about what's going on in your end. And feel free to, um, to join my email list where I send out text version of this every single week as well. And guess what? I'm really liking this series a lot. I just feel so energized to do content again, to edit my screenshots and all that sort of stuff. And on a final note, I'm just really happy. I'm just creating content again and doing something that is easy, sustainable for me as well. Um, so if you guys like this, please give me a like, a like and subscribe to this channel. Otherwise, I'll talk to you next week. Take care of mother people. Bye. Peace, mother people. Bam.